Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. great to see you. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for those of you that are watching online. We're so glad that you joined us today. Father's House, would you welcome those that are watching online? Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, let's take our sword out, whether you have it in the hardback or softback or your iPad, your eyeballs or your whatever. Let's say it together. We always do this. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father God, we come to you today and we just rejoice that you are the overcoming warrior and you've enlisted us to be with you in your power and your strength. Today as we start this brand new series, War Cry, I pray that you would give us revelation, understanding into what's going on around us, and we don't even see it sometimes. And I pray today that you, Holy Spirit, would anoint me, because I know without you, I can do nothing. I could just say words, just give a little talk, but you transfer a talk into a life-giving transformation force by your anointing and by your power, and I thank you in advance for that today in the name of Jesus. I love that brave heart. I love the opening part there. Let me tell you what William Wallace was saying. He said, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You have come to fight as free men, and free men you are. What would you do without freedom? Will you fight? They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Yeah. And so, yes, that was it. You did well. Freedom is the war cry of that team, that army there. Tuesday morning, June 6, 1944, 5,000 ships carrying 160,000 Allied troops approached the southern uh, beaches of France for the largest invasion in modern history called D-Day. Some of the survivors of that day remember the war cries that were broadcast over the ship as they began to embark upon this battle. They said there was a steady stream of war cries over the intercoms for the first, for the first few minutes as they were getting ready to come onto the French beaches. One man said, I remember this vividly. Over the intercom came this war cry. Fight to get your troops ashore. Fight to save your ships. And if you've got any strength left, Fight to save yourself. I mean, doesn't that kind of stir you up? Isn't that a great war cry? Another one said, I remember this. I heard this war cry. We may die on the sands of France, but we will never turn back. Wow. Another one said, I heard this war cry. This is it. Pick it up, men. Put it on. You've got a one-way ticket, and this is the end of the line. That's a war cry. You ever thought about a war cry? A war cry is uh, a call that's made to rally the soldiers. 
even uh, sport teams have a certain rally cry or they have something they say or they have a gesture they make. It's to stir people up and get them ready for the battle, but it's also to intimidate the enemy. So you, you've seen that. You saw that here with uh, Braveheart, if you remember the movie. They're clanging their swords and their cymbals and the enemy standing on the other side. And that war cry is a way of intimidating the enemy. But here's what I want to ask you today. Did you know that God has given us a war cry? A war cry. And it's all through the scripture. He repeats it from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And let me tell you what it is. It's on the back of the new t-shirts that we have. If you don't have one, you might get it. And here's what it says. Rock Kazak Amats. Can you say that with me? Rock Kazak Amats. And that just simply means be strong and courageous. Say be strong and courageous. I want to show you scripture after scripture after scripture where that God gives us this war cry. It was given originally to Israel as they're getting ready to move into the promised land, as they were moving into Canaan. Canaan. Some of us were taught wrong about that years ago that came back out of old classical southern gospel music. We'd sing that song, I'm moving to Canaan's land as Canaan's land was heaven. But Canaan's land is not heaven. Canaan's land you have to fight. There's battles. But when I get to heaven, I get to lay down all my fighting and I get to spend the rest of my eternity in the victory that I've overcome through Jesus Christ. So they're getting ready. Yeah, that's a great place to clap. They're getting ready to move into the promised land, but they also know it's going to cost them some battles. So the Lord gives them a battle cry, and here it is, beginning in Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Would you read this out loud with me? So be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And then Moses says to Joshua, Joshua, you're going to lead this army into the promised land. And then he reminds him of the promise of the war cry that God has give, given in Joshua 1 and 6. Be strong and what? Courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Joshua 1 and 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Joshua 1 and 9. And this is my command, not a suggestion, but a command. Read it with me. Be strong and courageous. Rock, hazak, amatz. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 and 18. So be strong and courageous. Joshua 10 and 25. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged, Joshua told his men. Be strong and courageous. Daniel 10. 15 through 19, don't be afraid, for you're very precious to God. Be encouraged, be strong. Psalm 31 and 24, so be strong and courageous. 
all you who put your hope in the Lord. How many of you today say, with raising your hand, I put all of my hope in the Lord? Would you do that? My hope is not in a political party. My hope is not in the economy. My hope is not in my own self. My hope is in the Lord. So if my hope is in the Lord, then I can rock kazak amats. I can be strong and courageous. It goes all the way into the New Testament. Several passages, but I'll just read a couple today. 1 Corinthians 16 and 13. Read it with me. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Why do you think God gave us a war cry? I mean, why do teams have a war cry? Well, it's to realize for us that we're in spiritual warfare. Say spiritual warfare. That means the battle that I'm fighting is not something that I can hold in my hands, that I can logically figure out here. The battle I'm fighting is in the heavenly realm. Remember what Jesus said when he taught us to pray? Pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Here's what it literally says in, uh, in the Greek context there, in the Aramaic rather. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as your will is already being done in heaven. In other words, what's happened in the heavenly, the unseen realm, through prayer, I'm praying and calling down God's victory. Remember what Jesus said? He said, the works that I see that my Father shows me, those are the works that I do. In other words, he said, in my prayer time, I see what God is doing in the heavenlies, in the spiritual warfare, and he said, then that's why I do what I do. Uh, here's, a, here's, a great, here's a fill-in I want you to look at because this kind of summarizes everything we're going to do. We're going to be in this series all the way up to Easter. Spiritual warfare is the conflict in the invisible realm. It's the conflict in the invisible realm that affects what's going on in the visible realm. It's the conflict in the invisible realm that affects what's going on in the visible realm. Would you read that with me? Let's say it together. Spiritual warfare is the conflict in the invisible realm that affects what's going on in the visible realm. You see, before you ever became a believer, there was an invisible warfare, a conflict that was going on. The Holy Spirit was drawing you. The Holy Spirit was pulling you, pointing you towards Jesus. And so people have been praying for you. And uh, People said, well, you know what? If that person ever gets saved, if they ever come to church, the roof will fall in. Well, you went to church, the roof didn't fall in, and your life was changed. But in the invisible, there were people that were praying for you. When we get to heaven, we're going to see the result of a lot of prayers. You see, some of you are praying right now for people, and you haven't seen the result of that. And you may never see the result of that in your lifetime. But one of these days when we stand before God, he's going to say, well done. You did good by praying because what you prayed for in the spiritual, invisible realm was someday brought forth in the visible realm. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? In fact, let's look at, we're going to look at this passage for the rest of the series in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Uh, this is a central teaching about spiritual warfare in the New Testament. I know uh, we all come from different uh, backgrounds about spiritual warfare. Some of you come from a background like I came from, that spiritual warfare was talked about a lot in church. Uh, and, and people did it weird sometimes, right? 
I mean, we'd pull out a shofar, and we'd say, we got to blow the shofar because that's a battle cry. Well, show that to me in Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 is the New Testament strategy for spiritual warfare. So we, we're going to put on camouflage. We're going to put on camouflage. We're going to march around. That may be cute. It may stir us up just like these shirts focus, but that's not Ephesians 6 and 10. And then others of us come from a background, from a church background, that we never heard about spiritual warfare. We never even heard about the devil. We never even heard about demons. You know, that's something that we don't talk about. So today in this service, there are those of us that come from that real radical camp over there, remember? I mean, I got some stories I could tell you today that you wouldn't believe, but I survived, and so did you. And there are those of you on the other side that you just really, it's like you're saying today, well, you know, I've never really thought about this. I've never, I've never really come to grips with this. I thought that that was just something that happened in the Old Testament, whereas Jesus spent most of his time in conflict against demonic forces, right? How many times did he do that? So Paul picks up that same principle in Ephesians chapter 6. And then he starts in, in verse 10. And so we're going to be looking at this now for several weeks, but I want us to look at it real quickly here. He says, finally. And, and I'll cover this in a couple of weeks, that word finally there. That word finally, uh, Paul, is, it, this, this is how you could read that. Paul is saying he's getting ready to finish the letter to the Ephesians. And by the way, the church in Ephesians was founded by Paul. Timothy was the pastor. John the writer of the gospel and revelation, was an elder in that church. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, attended the church at Ephesus. It was the largest of all of the New Testament churches. And so Paul is writing this letter, and he comes to the end of this. And by the way, isn't Ephesians awesome? It talks about who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, the victory that we have in Christ, and all of that. And then he comes to chapter 6, and he says, finally. Here's how you could also read that in the original. If you don't remember anything else I've said, what's getting ready to happen in the rest of this book is the most important thing. He's saying, finally, I've talked a lot of principles, but if you miss this last principle, you've missed everything that is there. If you don't understand about spiritual warfare, you're going to miss the whole thing. So he says to them, finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord. Would you underline that or highlight that in your scripture if you have that there? And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles there could better be translated the strategies of the devil. The devil has a strategy. And guess what it is? To promise you anything you want but to destroy your life to tempt you with everything he's got, but to destroy you. He has a strategy. Just like two football teams, when they go at it, they have a strategy. They say, we're going to watch game film because we watch when that quarterback, when he moves back, he, he walks this way, and if he does that, then there's one or two things, 67% of the time he does this, 30% of the time he does this, something else. They understand the strategy. There's a strategy behind that. And he said, we're fighting against the strategies of of." of principalities and powers in the heavenlies. Look at verse 12. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against people, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, 
against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Would you circle that phrase, the evil day? So he says, I want you to be strong in the Lord. Now, I'll go over this more in a couple of weeks, but I, I want to I say this to you today. That phrase, be strong in the Lord, is what we call in, in language the present imperative. Present imperative in Greek is a command. So this is not a suggestion. This is not do it if you feel like it. But he says, I want you to be strong in the Lord. That's a command. That's a command. And it's in the passive voice. Now, don't, don't get bogged down. But I have to tell you that because I want you to see the significance of what he's saying. If it's in the passive voice, it means you can't do it. But you have to allow God to do something in your life. So here's what he's saying. I command you to be strong in the Lord. But in the passive, it's simply saying, but you can't do it in your own strength. You can't say, whoa, I'm a super Christian and I'm strong in the Lord. He says, no, you don't understand. What I'm telling you to do, you'll never be able to do it outside of what God has already done in you through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. And that's a great place to give the Lord a hand clap and say amen. Thank you, God. We have to allow ourselves to be strengthened. Let me give you a PT translation of that. Allow God to work in your life so that that power that is available to you in your relationship with him gives you the strength to win this battle. Isn't that amazing? He says, I want you to win this battle. I want you to be strong. But I know you can't do it by yourself, so I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you the ability to do that. You know what that does? That strengthens me because some of you are today saying, I just feel so weak. I just feel so weak. I, see, I feel so beat up all, all the time. That's not bad. That's just simply saying, I recognize in and of my own self, I don't have the strength to conquer this. But in the Lord's help, when I pray and seek him and confess and put him first, he gives me all the power that I need to overcome whatever comes against me. He says that we're living in an evil day. Say evil day. How many of you know that that's pretty evident, isn't it? An evil day. What is an evil day? Let me explain it to you like this. You're moving along in your spiritual journey. Everything is going pretty great. I mean, you love God. You're experiencing things that are, that are really good. I mean, it's just like you can't believe. Man, this Christian life is really good. Man, the scripture is really alive to me. Man, and then all of a sudden, it's like something was pulled back, and you're just hit with a barrage spiritual attacks thoughts into your mind that you've never thought about words coming into you that I'm defeated I'm worthless I'll never get victory over this I'll never do that and then temptations sprout up you thought man I had that thing licked and that temptation uh, props back up again and it literally is like all hell breaks loose against your in your life it's not just well I I just I I just had a bad experience. No, it's like I'm overwhelmed. The pressure is major. And if you've ever been at that place, the very next thing that we start to think about is, 
because the enemy loves to lie, well, I must have sinned. I must have not really understood. I, I must not even be saved. Because if I was saved, I wouldn't be struggling with this right now. It's the ups and downs and ins and outs. But that's just the lie of the enemy. Because you see, when that day comes, we have to realize I'm in a spiritual warfare. What's happening to me in the physical, in the physical realm right now that's visible is something that really started and is happening in the invisible realm. I'm battling principalities and powers and forces of darkness. But yet there's forces of goodness and light that are battling for me in the heavenlies. When that day comes, when you feel overwhelmed, God says, I don't want you to think you're by yourself, but I want you to know this war cry, Rock, Hazak, Amatz. Be strong and courageous. Say it with me. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Say it again. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I don't feel like I'm being tempted lately. I'm really not into any hassles. I don't really am not experiencing any attacks. Do you have a heartbeat? Are you really a Christ follower? Or are you just going through the motions? Just going through the motions. You see, if you're a Christ follower, you're either in a battle coming out of a battle or getting ready to go into a battle. Am I, am I talking to anybody today that knows what I'm talking about? You, you, you sense that? Listen, guys, this is not a playground. This is not a vacation. I don't give my heart to the Lord and then all of a sudden, oh, it's like la-la land. Oh, no problems, no difficulty. It's just so wonderful. To be a believer, Jesus said, if you're a real Christ follower, in this world you're going to have struggles, you're going to have temptations, you're going to have difficulties. And then he says this, but be encouraged. I've overcome and I've given you a war cry that you can be strong and courageous no matter what you are facing today. So where's the battle fought? The battle is fought in the heavenly realm. In the heavenly realm. Here's the next fill-in. Realize at the bottom of your page there, realize that, realize that everything that is visible is preceded by that which is invisible and spiritual. Realize that everything that is visible is preceded by that which is invisible and spiritual. Now, it's not spiritual that uh, people, you know, every morning I step on the scale this morning, I was down and Anita was up. I always love days like that. And then the next day, she'll, she'll be down, and she'll say, I know I was down, so you're probably up. And we ate the same, same things. See, so what is manifest in the visible, when I look at that scale, and it says 122 pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the PT scale. It's set at a negative uh, 100. But you see, what I see in the visible is because in the invisible, I had a donut king. 
had a couple pieces of pizza. Don't tell my trainer. He'll make it harder on me on Tuesday, all right? But you see, before it happened in the natural, it was in the invisible. I don't understand about everything about spiritual warfare. I know this. I, I, I go home and I'll turn, maybe turn on some NASCAR this afternoon. I don't know. Have you ever thought about how that happens? Through invisible waves, in high def, 4K, 8K, 20K, comes into your TV, and then you see it. Now, can you explain that to me? Maybe three of you can, but I don't. All right? It's the same thing with, you know, I'm in my car. I got XM radio on. Listen to little Willie, you know, Willie Nelson there, you know, my theologian. And uh, so, as, as we, as I, and I'm thinking, how did he get in my truck? Through the invisible, but then in the visible, I hear him. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, the battles that we're fighting is not in the natural. It's not against flesh and blood, but it's something that happens in the spiritual realm against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. And we've got to realize that before I see it in the natural, it has already been battled for in the spiritual. And people, he says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not your problem. Now, they may be a conduit, for the enemy, but we've got to be careful that we don't alienate ourselves and hate people. There are people that are upset about the sin of homosexuality, but instead of loving a person, they begin to be very divisive with their words and what they post on social media. We've got to be careful. Yeah, we don't have to agree with Muslims, but yet we don't need to attack and hate them. Hate them. You may not like the Democrats, or you may not like the Republicans, you may not like socialists, you may not like independents, but I'm going to tell you this, when you start attacking people, instead of the philosophy behind that, does it measure up with God's word, then we become divisive, and that's one thing the body of Christ cannot be. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Do you understand that? Some of you watch only, oh, just watch CNN. They give you the real truth. And you post that baloney. And then, well, I just watch Fox News. And if you really were a believer, you'd watch Fox News. Oh, give me a, a break. All right? <laughs> See, here's what happens. Now, if something is contrary to the scripture, I don't hate the person but I stand true to God's word. Do you understand that? We're getting ready to go into some, some tough, this tough year with elections. I've never seen our nation so divided. I don't care who you are, what political party you're part of, if you think that Donald is the Messiah or he's the demon. I don't care what you think in the midst of that. I'm telling you, when it comes to people that you see across, when it comes to people that are leaders, we need to be careful that we realize my battle is not with flesh and blood. I don't like what he does. I like what he does. And so we go behind all of that. And then we start formulating, and we literally draw lines in the sand and despise people and hate people instead of the enemy that wants to divide us as a nation and take away our freedom and our love for who we are. Do you understand that? Listen. I will never tell you how to vote. I will never tell you how to vote. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not an independent. I will look. I don't vote on somebody because they're good looking. Be nice to have somebody finally good looking to run for something, wouldn't I mean? <laughs> Sorry, that was my flesh. 
but I'm going to vote for how do they line up with this? And then we say, well, we just need to get some godly people in. And if they'd pass the right laws, then America would be great. Oh, yeah? Have you ever read church history? Have you ever read when the church was in power of the government? Have you ever read what happened? Have you ever read the divisiveness, the hatred that happened? I'm going to tell you, we don't change America by passing a law. We change America and the world when we do what God said, and we humble ourselves, and we get on our knees, and we ask God to heal our land and to forgive us of our sins. Well, that must have been for somebody watching online, okay? Let's... let's Let's wrap this up. Number one, we've got to identify the enemy. We have to identify the enemy. The tragedy is, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against principalities, against powers, rulers of darkness of this age. The tragedy is that a lot of believers don't realize who they're really fighting, who they're really fighting. Uh, we're fighting demons, the devil, evil spirits in the unseen realm. And angels are fighting with us and for us. So I know some of you right now are saying, oh, no. Are we about to become a weird church? Uh, maybe. <laughs> but first, if the ushers would bring in those poison snakes. <laughs> no, no, that happens at the end of the service when they lock the doors. When we, when we think about spiritual warfare, the devil, demons, dark spirits, we, most of us fit into two different categories. One category is that everything that happens is the devil's fault. I was on my way to church today, and I ran out of gas. My gas tank had a demon in it. It caused me to be late for church. No, fool. You forgot to get gas when the red light was on and said, get gas. Don't blame everything on the devil, right? Well, my wife, she just got a demon. She doesn't love me anymore. No, no, listen. You've treated her like dirt for 20 years, and now you want to, she, it's not that she's got a demon. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can't attribute everything to a demon. Some things we have to take responsibility for. But then on the other side, we can't be so naive to think, there's no devil. There are no demons. Demons don't affect me. I have nothing to do with him. Either camp is wrong. But there's got to be a healthy understanding that I'm in a spiritual warfare, that in the heavenlies, I'm battling principalities and powers. Anley Stanley said, if you want to see evidence for the demonic, you won't find it by looking through a microscope, but by looking in the rearview mirror of your car. Not your kids, but the rearview mirror of your life. We've all seen them. We've all seen them. I don't have time, and I'm not going to go into it today. I've been part of praying for people and seeing demons cast out from people. There was a time in my life when I was in one of the greatest battles. This is going to throw off some of you off right here. One of the greatest battles in my life is a battle of life and death. And at 2 a.m. in the morning, I was awakened with a dark spirit sitting on my chest, choking me, losing all of my air. I couldn't breathe. And I just felt like in the, in the flash, I knew what it was. The enemy was trying to take me out. I'd been standing for the Lord, but this is the last attempt for him to take me out. But you know, here's what it is. 
The enemy can't do any more to you than what God will allow. I think the Lord just allowed me to see that I'm really not just fighting with things I can see, but I'm fighting things I can't see. You say, did he kill you? Yeah. And I resurrected. <laughs> What'd you pray? Pray? I just cried out to Jesus. Jesus. Boom. Just that quick. That spirit was gone. I'm telling you, I, we've got to be careful. This world we're living in. There are devils, and there, there's a devil, and there are demons. An demons are angels that went rogue. They're part of Satan's mafia. But the answer to demons are an angels. Billy Graham said, all of us have at least one angel, that his responsibility is to, in the heavenlies, war for us and help take care of us. I'm looking at some of you that have a whole legion of angels. It ain't one that's going to take care of you, and you'd about worn them out already, right? <laughs> I don't talk to my angels. I don't have control over an angel. But the scripture says that when I pray in spiritual warfare, then the, the, the Lord then can send those, Hebrews says, ministers that minister into our life. You say, well, I'm just really not sure I believe in the devil. Well, Satan couldn't not care less whether you believe in him or not because he's not after your recognition he's after your destruction he's after your destruction so number two be strong and courageous in god's power finally be strong in the lord it's got nothing to do with your power but it's his hey when i think of when i think of strong and courageous i think of one of my heroes here he is who is this Superman. Okay, we're gonna here's, we're gonna watch a clip. All right, we're gonna watch a clip. Now watch it closely because I'm gonna give you a pop quiz in just a minute as we watch this. So so watch this. pop quiz can you tell me what Superman calls himself when he's in disguise Clark Kent can you tell me Superman girlfriend's name Lois Lane what is Superman's greatest weakness kryptonite where does he get his strength from the yellow Sun of the earth you guys are great so maybe we aren't Superman but I would actually argue that we're a lot closer to being a superman than you would imagine or a superwoman. 
Just like him, our strength and our courage isn't our own. But it comes from not something else, but from someone else. Our courage and our strength comes from God. Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But unlike Superman, who could be in a place where he couldn't get the sun, the Holy Spirit lives with us forever. And when you walk out of here today, that Holy Spirit walks out with you. You are more like a superman than you imagine. Look at your neighbor and say, you do look like a superhuman being. In Jesus, yeah, help, help them out with that, all right. Number three, don't quit, but get dressed. Don't quit, but get dressed. Don't quit, but get dressed. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil. You know, there's always areas where we'll come under attack, but we want to get to the place that we can stand under the power of the Lord. If it were to rain today, I have a giant size umbrella, and so if it's raining, I can pick the umbrella up, and I can walk underneath the umbrella. And what happens? Raindrops don't fall on my head. Isn't that good? You, you could have played that one, couldn't you, right there? Right. But the, the umbrella stops the raindrops from falling. But if I say, wow, man, I can, walk, I can walk in the middle of this rain, and it doesn't even bother me. I'm Superman. I don't need that umbrella. And what happens? I'm going to get wet, right? I'm going to get soaked. Why? Because I've moved myself out from underneath the place that protects me. In this spiritual battle, in this warfare that we're going through, why do you think you've been going through what you've been going through? Some of you business owners, I mean, it's just, it's just really been tough. You've been going through some tough times with, with employees. Some of you have been going through tough times in your marriage or with your kids. Maybe your kids have gone, have, have gone sideways and you thought, man, how, how could they be like that? And so in the midst of all that we're fighting, we almost think, well, I, sh I should give up. No, we need to get under the umbrella of his strength and his power. Years ago, there was uh, some people traveling west on a wagon train. And uh, as they started going west, they were caught in a fire in the prairie. And some of the, some of the wagons were burned up. The prairie fire was burning all around them. And a young boy was screaming to his dad, what are we going to do? We're going to be destroyed in the fire. There's no way. So his father grabbed the horse ring, and he turned the horses around, and he went into the fire. He went into the fire, and he came to a place where the fire had already burned and scorched the grass. And he stood there, and the boy is screaming, we're surrounded by fire. There's fire all around us. Why did you pull us in there? And the, and the dad said, son, look, you see where we're standing? The fire has already passed here. We're standing where the fire has already passed, and we're safe. The fire is not going to come again. We're safe. I'm going to tell you, there's a man, and his name is Jesus Christ. He came into this world. He took on the enemy. He took on the enemy. He took up on every demon that came against him, and he said, it is finished. He found a place for victory. So when the enemy comes against me or you, I run to that place in Christ. I am in Christ, and I have courage in our strength, and that's where I have to stay. I don't get outside that, but I stay in his strength. I want you to look at that verse again, Joshua 1 and 9, that we talked about at the very beginning of the teaching. 
And this is my command. Look, that's, this is my command. Be strong. It's a command. Be courageous. And then he says, don't fear and don't be discouraged. He said, this is my command to you. I'm commanding this. I'm commanding that you be strong and courageous. You say, but I don't feel strong. I don't feel courageous. It has nothing to do with feelings. It's who you are, what he says about you. So I can be strong and courageous. The enemy says, no, you're not going to make it out of this. You're defeated. No, I am strong and courageous in the power of the Lord. And he says, don't fear and don't be afraid. You say, but I don't know how to do that. How can I do that, Terry? He says, because the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you wherever you go. The Lord is with you wherever you go. So as you leave today, no matter what you're facing, be strong, be courageous, no fear, and don't get discouraged. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you today for your love. I thank you for caring for us. I thank you, Lord, that in this life that we're living right now, we're in a spiritual battle. But one of these days when we get to heaven, we won't battle anymore. But this world is not our home. We can amass wealth and cars and condos and vacation villas. But they're all going to be destroyed. We're living in an evil day. Why should we be surprised when it gets worse and worse every day? When people hate those who protect us. When people make fun and make fun of you. When we see kids that are not even safe in their own community or in their own school. It's an evil day. And Lord, we can't change the evil day by just legislation. We do everything we can. But Lord, it's by prayer. Praying, interceding for our kids, for our community, for our nation, for our leaders. Give us that strength. Give us that ability. Now, if you're here today and with every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you're here today and you simply say, you know what, Terry? Warfare, spiritual struggles, yeah, that's me. But I don't know Jesus. I can't call on Jesus. But today he's drawing you. Notice the amazing thing about Jesus that he loves you so much that he left his home in glory, laid down all of his glory, and he died on a cross naked, humiliated for your sins and my sins. You can't get good enough to get God. If we could get good enough, then Jesus died in vain, and he didn't die in vain. Some of you are today are saying, you know what, this makes sense, preacher, what you're saying, and I'm going to turn over a new leaf, I'm going to do better. It's not in doing better. I mean, how better do we have to get before we can please God? God realized that we could never get better enough, so he sent himself, his son, to die for your sins and mine. And he says today, if you'll invite me into your life, I'll forgive you of your sins. Think about this. I'll forgive you of your past, your shame, the things that you don't want to talk about. I'll forgive you of those. And I'll give you a purpose for right now, a purpose. So many people live without a purpose. They don't know what. It's just day to day. But he said, I'll give you a purpose. Then I'll give you a promise of an eternity in heaven 
and on the new earth with me. How could you pass up an offer like that? Today, this church is praying for you. The Holy Spirit is drawing you. If you say today, Terry, I need that prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to, uh, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. But I do need to know you're here and the Holy Spirit is drawing you so I can pray for you. The only way I know to do that is in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and make eye contact with me. And just simply saying, as best as I know how, I want to, I want to surrender my life to him. If that's you today and you say, Terry, I need that prayer. I need that forgiveness. I need Jesus in my life. I came in here today lost, but I want to be found. I came in here today in need of a Savior, and I believe Jesus wants to forgive me of my sins today. If that's you, would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Others today, thank you. Thank you so much. Others today, that would be you. If those of you watching online, thank you, ma'am, in the middle. Others today, back here, thank you. Thank you. That's me, Terry. I want to do that. I want to lead you in a prayer. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender your heart. This prayer is not a prayer that we should ever pray alone, but we pray this prayer together. Would you pray this prayer with me just now? Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that he is Lord and that he rose from the dead. As best as I know how, I want to serve you the rest of my life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.